0: From KLIN Radio and the Lincoln Independent Business Association, this is the Lincoln Business Beat, a weekly summary of news affecting area business and a review of topics and issues. Along with LEBA President and CEO Bud Seinhorst, I'm Mark Vail. Glad to have you joining us. Lincoln Business Beat is made possible by Currency. Learn more at GoCurrency.com. Happy New Year, bud.
1: Happy New Year to you. We've turned over the calendar one more time.
0: Yeah, uh, and so far I haven't written twenty-two on anything that I was dating, so I'm I'm. Uh,
1: I haven't either. I feel like that's almost my own New Year's resolution in and of itself.
0: <laughs> yeah, no kidding. And uh, but we've got a couple of things coming up, and uh, of course the legislature got started on their ninety-day session, the long session, uh, which is the the beginning of the two-year. Uh, But we're going to go a little more into that legislative process and and all of that, the budget and that whole thing in our deep dive. But before that, another governmental body is going to be taking on a couple of issues early in the second week of January. We're talking about the Lincoln City Council.
1: Yeah, the council. So we've talked about this flood mitigation vote. Uh, We've called it the floodplain issue. Uh, There was a bit of an impasse between the city and a group, a coalition that was formed uh called the stormwater coalition to work through uh some issues and the coalition was trying to work with the city on some issues and they kind of reached an impasse so back in uh december which seems like just forever ago (laughs) only it's it's only been a couple three weeks but
0: well i remember it like it was last week
1: yeah (laughs) exactly um we talked about it on the Business beat quite a bit, so um, but they delayed a vote until January ninth, which is next week, and so they'll be talking about uh, that. It's my understanding that there are some amendments that are going to be proposed, and uh, we'll kind of see where it goes. I think uh, it'll be it'll be one to watch to see a what are the amendments, b do the amendments pass, and c I don't have a good inclining that these amendments are gonna pass. And so then D, do they pass it as is, and what does that do? And what kind of well, for lack of better terms, what kind of ripple effect does it cause? And so um I think that'll be something to watch next week. And you know, the other wrench in the spoke in this process is there only be six council members there to vote because uh, Councilwoman Ray Bold has resigned her seat because she has become a member of the Nebraska Unicameral. So there will only be six people voting on that issue. So we'll just have to wait and watch, I guess, Monday and find out where it all goes.
0: Filling that position on the council that uh, Councilperson Raybold vacated, vacated, uh, they would have a chance to do that first, wouldn't they? I mean, it's on the agenda Why wouldn't they fill that position first and let that person vote? Or is it just because they haven't been through the whole process? Or is that one of those questions? That's a great
1: question for the six people that get to vote on who the new council member is. You know, they said uh, it was reported earlier this week that um, they're going to vote on and swear that person in at the end of the meeting on Monday. Which means they're going to go through all of their business and then uh, proceed forward. So... You know, I, I know there are a couple council members that that probably won't vote for this unless the amendments are included. Um, it seems like there's some gamesmanship going on amongst council members. And, you know, I don't know that they've seen the amendments at this time. So it's, you know, who loses in this one while well, developers and the taxpayers, payers is my opinion.
0: Well, we'll know by the end of the council meeting this coming Monday. I can
1: tell you a good guess. I'm pretty sure it's not going to be me, even though everybody knows that
0: I've applied. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You weren't invited in for the interviews, were you?
1: I did not get a formal interview. However, I have had council members reach out to me and talk with me over the phone um, about it. So, you know, there was a report in the Journal-Star that there's already consensus on a candidate, which is interesting because I've talked to some council members and they said that may not be the case. So... Hard to tell who it'll be, and, you know, we've also talked on here, are they going to appoint somebody that's just going to fill the term, or are they going to appoint somebody that can use the quote-unquote bully pulpit to campaign for election?
0: We'll know We'll later, know next week. Later rather than sooner, in yes. this case. So, uh, Quite a circus going on in Washington, D.C., as, as we're uh, laying this podcast into place. We've been through a number of votes for Speaker of the House. Until the Speaker is uh, elected, nothing can happen in the uh, House of Representatives, so kind of a uh, a standstill. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, they're at loggerheads for getting anything done in Washington, which, to be real honest, may not be all bad.
1: <laughs> There's part of me that questions whether that's really a bad thing, uh, you know. And one of the one of the big lessons I think people learn in politics is you got to know the vote when you walk in the room. And it's always good, you know, no matter where you are, if you kind of have a good idea where the votes are. And it's been an it's been a process that's been intriguing for me to watch because there's a basically there was a group of five, call it. um, And the Republicans have such a thin majority that the group of five has really caused the impasse that that we've reached. And so. There's been talk about maybe we're making progress and then we come in and the vote stays the same. So it's something to watch, I think, for people to engage in the process. More people that I would say are apolitical are talking about what's going on in Congress right now. So, you know, and at the end of the day, I always say first do no harm when you're an elected official. And by not doing anything, they're not doing anything to harm the, the American people. So...
0: Certainly harming the, the, their political futures, and, and the, uh, the Republican Party is not going to come out looking very well in this.
1: Yeah, I, I think at, at the end of the day, only Republicans could screw up a Republican majority <laughs> <laughs> and make it look like this. And, you know, it's, it's unfortunate that some, some things have happened in this process. I don't know where this is going to go. And I think that's the hard thing right now for people to understand is where is this going to go and when are they actually going to make a decision?
0: Well, as you mentioned, it started with five. It was up to 20 at one point. I, I was reading an opinion piece, and I don't remember uh, what the source was, but this opinion piece said, uh, you know, uh, what it started out as five, and they may have been able to negotiate through this, but it it picked up steam with the others when uh, Congressman McCarthy's website uh, one of his i don't know whether it was his political his reelection website or his official one uh actually had started referring to him as the expected speaker uh back in early december and then uh earlier this week he moved into the speaker's office and they they've just felt that that was a little bit forward for their um for their way of doing business maybe and,
1: a little presumptuous
0: yeah and and so that has ratcheted up some of the uh, vitriol that's uh, been going on. I I don't know whether that's true or not, but it could very well be.
1: Yeah. And, uh, you know, the other thing is there are some members of Congress who got elected that, uh, uh, I guess I'll call him minority leader at the time, um, had a pack that spent money against some of the people that ended up winning their primaries. And so there's been some discussion about the appropriateness of that and some other things. And it's, It's really, well, nobody likes to see how the sausage is being made, but we've got a live stream to the sausage maker uh, during this process. So we'll see what happens, and and we'll kind of monitor that and see where that goes.
0: Sausage making underway now at the uh, state capitol as the Unicameral 108th session of the Nebraska legislature kicked off earlier this week. Um, How about the legislative priorities that you're getting from talking to uh, legislators here in the the Lincoln area?
1: Well, I think, uh, you know, one of the things that uh, that we've talked about a lot are Levis priorities. And and there was a you know, there's an article earlier this week in the paper uh, that talked about different priorities of different state state senators um, and, you know, of course, the Lincoln state senators. So uh, Senator Geist uh, represents kind of southeast Lincoln uh, she's going to focus on law enforcement and correctional services, uh, which have been a couple of things that she's uh, been focused on for the last few years, and transportation and telecommunications issues. She was elected chair of the Transportation and Telecommunications Committee. And also which,
0: elected to the Executive Committee.
1: Yes. And so the those are pretty powerful committees. And, Right now the transportation telecommunications committee is going to be talking about infrastructure obviously is a big one and and there's a lot of funding out there right now for broadband and that's a big issue we've heard about uh not only in Lancaster County as we build out in the rural areas of the county but also across the state. We've got you know we've got parts of the state that frankly uh their internet service kind of reminds me of the old AOL dial up. And, you know, getting that broadband out there, I think, makes a big difference for economic development. It makes a big difference in this world where people are able to work from home more.
0: Workforce retention.
1: Workforce retention, um, you know, make it a little bit more attractive to live live in different parts of the state. So I think that's a big issue uh, that we'll need to take up. Um, She plans to sponsor legislation. Uh, some criminal justice
0: reforms. She's been involved in criminal justice uh, through a good portion of her uh, first term. Yeah, and her six years. uh,
1: Yeah, and her she's now in her sixth term, but her sixth term, sixth year. (laughs) Sorry, Senator. Um, but uh, you know, she's really been about that juvenile justice reform, corrections reform, uh, things that we need to do. Which you know, during the last campaign season, we heard County Attorney Pat Condon talk about some of the. Diversion type courts and some of those kind of things. So, uh, Senator Geist is, is really leading on that issue. Uh, Senator Wishart, also from this Lincoln area, um, she's been a, a strong proponent of, uh, medical marijuana. She's gonna, uh, push for that again. Um,
0: and she was part of the, the coalition that put it on the ballot. Yeah, she attempt- was part
1: of the group that, uh, put, attempted, try- to, put attempted it to put it on it. the ballot. Um, she's trying to put together, uh, a, a legislative package for public-private partnerships, for economic development opportunities, which I think will be very good to watch and see what's happening in affordable housing, public safety, infrastructure. Uh, newly elected Senator Dungan is going to talk. Uh, really focus on schools and teachers, it sounds like. Uh, Senator Danielle Conrad, who has served eight years in the legislature previously, talked about kitchen table issues, which... I thought were interesting way to put it. Um, but she also served on the appropriations committee last time she was in. And uh, she wants to try to get it to be a part of the budget. Um, and so Senator Bostar also from Lincoln, he's going to focus on legislation designed to improve access to childcare and early childhood education. Um, and then, of course, we've got uh, newly elected Senator Jane Raybold, uh in Lincoln and then newly appointed State Senator Bo Ballard, so there's a lot of Senators who touch Lincoln, um also Senator Clements and Senator Brant and Senator Dorn touch parts of our county, so quite a few state senators that touch our county um a lot of things that we'll be engaging with, and you know we sent a letter uh last month to all the state senators uh about our legislative priorities and you know hey here are the priorities leave us focused on we'd love to work with you please let us know if there's anything we can do to to help you with policies and so we've had a few reach out and ask us some questions regarding those so it's time you know uh i had a friend one time that used to joke about that bell that goes on the legislature he thought it was like horse races and when the (laughs) guy says and they're off yeah. And so, well, and they're off. Here we go. Um, it's time to buckle up for the next four months and four or five months and see what happens in the Nebraska unicameral.
0: Yeah, even though it's a 90-day session, the uh, end is in early June uh, when they go signy die, and uh, hopefully we'll have a two-year budget by that time. Well, we have to have a two-year budget, and education funding is going to be a top priority. It's uh, That's part of what Governor-elect Pillen told us a couple of weeks ago here on Lincoln Business Beat. He um, pulled together that coalition or a, a group that's been studying it, and they're ready to hit the ground running. A lot of money, surplus money from uh, ARPA funds and other COVID still there. So that's going to make this budget discussion really interesting. I can see you going deep, deep dive <laughs> on a few of these at some point. At well, this we've session. heard
1: some income projections, too, that are uh, above forecast from the forecasting board. So a lot of things going on there.
0: That legislative process, an interesting one, we'll uh, do our deep dive in just a moment. You need help finding reliable financing options for heavy machinery, trucks, or other equipment for your business? Currency is here to help. Currency specializes in finding the most competitive financing options for construction equipment, farm machinery, trucks, trailers, other big-ticket items. And whether you're replacing old machines or expanding your fleet, Currency makes it easy to get that financing. It's secure, free to use, gives you a single point of contact for the entire process. Visit GoCurrency.com, fill out the application. Currency will automatically find a lender offering the best rates and terms. Currency is equipment financing made simple. Visit GoCurrency.com and apply today. Offers may vary and arranged by Express Tech Financing, LLC. Doing business as currency pursuant to CFL license 60-DBO-54873.
1: Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, ClickGranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our US-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.
0: 108th session of the Nebraska Unicameral underway. This entire legislative process, we're right now in the, as we're getting started, of course, we've got a new speaker. Mike Elgers moved up to uh, Attorney General, so... Uh, Senator Arch became the speaker. He was elected unanimously on the first day. But this whole process, um, we're going to get, what, a thousand maybe bills introduced here at the start?
1: Well, you know, since we have casino gambling now in Nebraska, um, (laughs) I'll refer to it as the over-under. And I'd say I'd probably set the over-under at about 900 bills. Um, And I might be an over-better this year because we got a lot of new senators. we got a lot of people in the last two years of their term. Uh, A lot of senators and so there's probably going to be a lot of things that are introduced Um, you know so we're probably going to see nine hundred to a thousand bills and you know you talked about the 90-day session so a full legislature is two sessions we have the 90-day session and really the 90-day session the one constitutional obligation that the senators have is to pass a budget and so the budget is the focus of the 90-day session and then we have a 60-day session but you know, and it's important for people to understand, in some states, that would be 90 calendar days, whereas in Nebraska, it's actually 90 days in session. So when you go a 90-day session, people think, oh, January, February, March, basically. Well, no, that's it's 90 days that they actually gavel in in session, which usually plays out late May, early June, uh, depending on how the calendar works out. And then the 60-day session is just, uh, that'll be in 2024 have to get my dates right since we're just over to the new year. But in 2024, we'll have that 60-day session, which usually ends mid to late April.
0: And, of course, with the budget, it is a biennial budget. So they're looking at a two-year process, uh, and and that's why this constitutional requirement is there, correct?
1: Correct. So, um, you know, it's it's one of those things where a senator gets newly elected, and all of a sudden the first thing they have to do is figure out how to pass a state budget, um, which is – you know, you just get into office and now you're dealing with a multi-billion dollar budget. So there's a lot of work to be done, you know, right away when they get elected.
0: First day we had the uh, committee chairs uh, elected, uh, speaker was elected, named a new clerk after the retirement of a long-time clerk.
1: Well, yeah, Patrick uh, O'Donnell retired and, you know, we've got a new clerk and, uh, Brandon Metzler uh, is going to be the new clerk of the legislature. Brandon's worked for Patrick for a few years. But the in, the other thing, you know, we talked, I just mentioned, Mark, about new senators and the budget and trying to figure out process. There's a lot of institutional knowledge um, that we've seen in a lot of different departments that that's no longer there that have gone on to retirement, different things. So, you know, you look at things like, uh, policy and research. Lauren Kittner has been there forever. Um, she knows that office like the back of her hand. Um, Kenny Zoller is now going to run that department. And Kenny has worked in the department in the past. But, you, you know, there's a lot of institutional knowledge when somebody leaves after all those years. You know, you have Tax Commissioner Tony Fulton, who's the head of the director or er, Department of Revenue. He's no longer there. I think we're getting a new... Uh, corrections director. We're getting a new transportation director. So, those are just some of the things like. And then you've got a bunch of new senators, right? So, and a
0: new governor, and a new governor, and, and lieutenant who, governor.
1: you know, a new t- lieutenant governor, how, who the lieutenant governor oversees the legislature. So, there's just all of these things that I think make 2023 one to watch, but that's because I love to watch that stuff. You do. <laughs> of
0: course, uh, Governor. Uh, Jim Pillen uh, sworn in on the second day of the legislature, along with Joe Kelly. All of the state constitutional officers also sworn in on that day officially. Uh, But then uh, by uh, early next week, legislature really gets down to uh, hashing this stuff out.
1: Yeah, so uh, bill introduction starts on the second day of the legislature, and there's 10 days of bill introduction, which is going to end, I think, the 18th or 19th of January. So, you know, and you think about 900 bills, let's say that's 90 bills a day um, that people are going through and monitoring and how are those going to impact us. One of the things that's very interesting and fascinating about the Nebraska legislature is every bill that gets introduced gets a hearing. And so all 900 of those bills will get a hearing. Now, some of those hearings will have no one show up to testify other than the introducer. Um, Some of them will have 10 or 20 people testify. Um, We've seen bills with hundreds of people show up to testify where committee hearings go into the midnight hours. So um, all those bills will get a hearing. Then when the committee votes it out of committee, then it gets uh, sent to the speaker's office to you know be able to be put on the agenda at some point and then the speaker gets to write that agenda.
0: And of course you can uh, monitor all of this. Uh, They've got a very robust website schedules printed every day. You can get a list of the hearings uh, so you can stay up to date and a lot of those uh, maybe all of the hearings and of course the general session with the debate sessions which are usually in the morning hearings usually in the afternoon uh, all streamed.
1: Yeah you can go on the Nebraska legislature's website Um, You can see the agenda. You can read every bill. You can see the summary of all the bills. They put up a page, which is really handy for us as we monitor bills. It gives the bill number, the introducer and a couple of sentences about the bill just to try to get a perspective of what the bill is to then try to identify which ones meet our priorities Um, for LEBA. But then there's a spot on their website where you can stream, and you can stream the session. So if you come to my office anytime between now and June, there's a high likelihood that the legislature will be on in the background, and all the committee hearings are streamed as well. And so, you know, it's a we have a lot of access to our government here in Nebraska, which I think is very valuable.
0: Well, that's the transparency that uh, you hope you get from your elected officials, and I think Nebraska may be one of the leaders in being that fully transparent in. Uh, what they are doing so that's that's good to see yeah so you're gonna have to have multiple screens in the afternoons when multiple committees are meeting
1: well my my good partner at the office katie bullmeyer and i will be assigning committees to each other and you know and i mean i'll be honest we'll be down there a lot testifying both katie and i um we've got some people that want to testify. Um, some members, and so, if people are interested in di- different subject areas, we want to try to get the citizens engaged and you know i think it's it 's good for people to have a reminder of just how a bill becomes law in nebraska and so you have the introduction, you have the hearing, then once it comes out of committee, it goes to the floor
0: assuming it comes it's, out of- if
1: it comes out of committee, it goes to the floor of the legislature there 's three rounds of debate on the floor the General file select file, and final reading there are sometimes amendments that happen and then once it, get, it passes through all three of those, then it goes to the governor for uh, either uh, to sign it into law or to veto it um, and if it gets vetoed, you have to have thirty votes to override a veto in the legislature um, so there's just it's it's a good process kind of a good reminder for people you know the number that people in our circles, Mark, that talk politics a lot is, you know, the big number in the legislature is 33 and you need 33 votes to overcome a filibuster, which always becomes a discussion during the rules debate because you need more votes to overturn or you need more votes to overcome a filibuster than you do to overcome a gubernatorial veto. You only need 25 votes to pass it, but if they try to filibuster the bill, then you need to have, 33 votes to, to get it passed or 17 votes to kill it. So,
0: Yeah, it's an interesting process, probably well thought out. Now, another thing that can, that is going to happen as we understand it, uh, not only are bills introduced, but constitutional amendments also are introduced in this period. And we understand at least one constitutional amendment is going to come from Senator Erdman.
1: Yeah, uh, there was a report earlier this week that Senator Erdman is going to introduce a constitutional amendment which would take us back to a two-house Legislature, and, or, yeah, two-house legislature, and the the one house, I think he said, would have 31 yeah, it, what representatives. Yeah, what that would
0: do is uh, it would give um, three counties to one, in that case, senator, and you've got a representative, if you follow the, the naming of, of the U.S. The legislative branch. Mm-hmm. So three counties, and that would be represented by one person, regardless of population.
1: Which so, is kind of interesting right because if you put banner kimball and scotts bluff county against douglas sarpy and washington (laughs) you know there's there's a discrepancy there and then the other house would have 62 members and those 62 districts would be apportioned by population interesting concept i wonder where it will go um so that'll be one to watch that's one that you know Nebraska's the unicameral system in the United States and so it'll be interesting cuz you have people on both sides of that issue to see what they what they want to do
0: we had discussions here as part of our legislative banter back and forth one of the the interesting things was uh one of our guys here at the station said uh, you know this is not going to would never pass in in Nebraska you have got the the populace that says, no, we're not going to pay senators any more than $12,000 a year, and you want to grow government? <laughs> you know, come on. I mean, not going to happen. But we'll see whether it even gets out of committee.
1: Well, if it gets out of committee, it gets to the floor of the legislature, it's going to have to go through those rounds of debate. And then it'll go on the, the ballot in 2024, and the voters will decide. You know, so who knows? The you know last year we talked a lot about the airport bill that was a constitutional amendment on the airport funding and and how they can use their their revenues and that that passed pretty overwhelmingly um you know voter id passed was a petition onto their onto the ballot so there's two different routes and so you never know what could happen we'll have to sit back and Pop some popcorn and maybe have a tailgate party over on K Street and uh, watch and see what happens.
0: And in the meantime, fasten your seatbelts. You might want to tug a little bit tighter and uh, at certain times. And they're off.
1: <laughs> and, and they're off. We need to get that that bell from the legislature. <laughs> we'll ring it in here on Lincoln Business Beat.
0: But yes, the, their website, as as we mentioned, very um, very robust and, and will take you through these steps. We use it all the time in the newsroom. Find it very very uh, friendly as far as getting information and then being able to stream all of this. What else have we got to uh, throw out for folks now? Well, coming
1: up, uh, you know, we talked about legislature. Um, here this month at our LEBA luncheon, we're actually going to have legislative speaker John Arch, which that will be on the January the 17th, Tuesday, January 17th. Um, we reached out. We had a pretty good inclining. I don't know. I'm I'm getting pretty lucky at booking these speakers because I talked to Governor-elect or Governor Pillen. Uh, I when during the campaign. I said to his folks, hey, if he gets elected, I'd like you to block this day so he can come in, speak at our lunch, which worked out well for us. Um, about three or four weeks ago, it kind of felt like Senator Arch was going to be the speaker. And so we reached out to his office, and said, hey, we feel like this might happen. We'd really like to get him to our luncheon on the 17th of January. So we've got him lined up, and I think that'll be good. Um, we're also going to invite all the state senators uh, to come over for lunch that day. So it might be a good way to get to meet some of the state senators, both from Lincoln and around the state. So we've got senators from bo- both Lincoln and Lancaster County and other parts of the state. So a good time to come in. There'll be lots of I like to say there'll be lots of pepperoni on that pizza.
0: <laughs> uh, well, there might even be some sausage.
1: <laughs>
0: Since they seem to be making Maybe a I lot should of it.
1: call the caterer and see if we can get some sausage pizza <laughs> as a little side joke.
0: Yeah, that, <laughs> that, that would be good. Yeah, let's,
1: let's consider Might as well have a little fun, right, Mark? Yep.
0: You can find out more information at liba.org. And you can also, when you're there, also, if you're not already a LIBA member, you can find out uh, information on LIBA membership all the different levels.
1: Yeah. I mean, we, for over 42, 43 years now, leave has been the voice of business in Lincoln. And, you know, we, we, we have a lot of opportunities for members to engage with each other, to support each other. Uh, but also to engage on their behalf on issues and be a voice because uh, our small business owners are busy keeping their businesses running and, you know, employing people and supporting our community. It's a great way for LEBA to support the community and the business community and advocate on behalf of policies that are beneficial to business.
0: And that we do, and then we discuss it here on Lincoln Business Beat.
1: Yeah, share the Lincoln Business Beat. Um, You know, I'm really excited when i get phone calls and text messages when people listen to the the podcast they share the podcast and and it's really growing and and we appreciate everybody taking the time to listen and you know finding the value in what information we're providing
0: and of course if you've got a topic you'd like us to discuss or something you'd like to get us uh, involved with uh the best way is is a quick email and boy this is one of the easiest email addresses to remember <laughs> I mean even I remember it. <laughs> bud at liba.org. That's bud at L I B A dot O R G.
1: Happy to hear from people on their ideas. We we you know that's what we're here for.
0: And we'll do it again next week. Yes, sir. So happy new year.
1: Happy New Year. Let's
0: and we're off for twenty twenty-three. The bell just rang. Yes, sir. This has been the Lincoln Business Beat from the Lincoln Independent Business Association and KLA and Radio. Reviewing and updating business owners and community members about what's happening in the business community in and around Lincoln. Along with LEBA President and CEO Bud Seinhorst, I'm Mark Vail. Lincoln Business Beat is made possible by Currency. Learn more at GoCurrency.com.